streamed in over 50 countries. We have to say hello to, to Nigel in Hong Kong, who single-handedly managed to get us to, wait for this, Dan, number nine, <laughs> number nine on the Apple podcast charts for British football shows in Hong Kong. Over 40 guest interviews and counting. We would like to welcome to the St. Johnson podcast, ex-Scotland internationalist and all-round hero, Del Boy, John O'Neill. It's the Dogger Saints' pleasure to introduce Liam Craig, Michael Jubilee, the St. Johnson legend, Stephen Anderson. How you doing, buddy? You okay? I'm all right, just doing away, do you? Hall of Fame member, Nick Dazovich. How are you guys doing? Over 3,000 pounds worth of terrible merchandise disgust. But it is a dog waste bag dispenser <laughs> with a Bournemouth badge on it. <laughs> Join Sam and Dan as they chat about the mighty Perth St. Johnstone. Stephen Anderson scores! It's come through to McLean! He has scored! It's on McLean! It's the Dogger Saints Podcast. Hello and good evening. It's episode 49 of the Dogger Saints Podcast with me, Sam Miller. And as always, I am joined by a man who today claimed he wasn't a hipster, even though he had a Tom Walker style beanie on and a jacket with a funny collar. Very hipsterish. It's Danny Williams. I'm losing that argument pretty quickly and I'm growing my beard a bit thicker again as well. Uh, but... Uh, to be fair, I might be a hipster, I might look like a hipster, but at least I don't look like a North Korean dictator. <laughs> yeah, this is what I do when I cheat on my barber because I couldn't get an appointment. I went to a, a Turkish fellow and asked for a pretty short at the sides and he's he's absolutely Kim Jong-un'd me. <laughs> he has totally done you. And I know you you steer this good ship, Dogger Saints podcast. Yeah, I mean, you didn't have to go to that extent to prove the point. <laughs> I run this show. You will respect my authority. But when it comes to authority, Dan, there is no bigger man in St. Johnston's history or current form than ex-chairman and club owner Jeff Brown. And we've only bloody got him on the show today. Oh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. What a, what an absolute buzz that was. I'm uh, so grateful, Jeff, uh, for taking time out of his day to, to speak to us. We need to give a bit of a shout out to his tech support, but we'll do that later on. Yes, we will do. Um, so we had a wee chat with Jeff and we I was having a chat with tech support in the pub on Saturday and he brought up something that we forgot to mention, which I'm a little bit upset at. He was a man that originally signed off the Teal Magenta Awake It. We never even brought it up. This is why. This this is this is why we're we are perfect Kim Ross's biggest soccer frauds. Of all the things we should have asked him, that was it. But a massive show. We've got Wendy Who. We've got the Club Shop of Shame, which is going to be a sore one for you this week, Dan. On top of us saying men in defeat, we've also got to talk about the, this Club Shop of Shame. Doesn't sit well with you, but you're a proper sport and you're going with it because it's ridiculous. Uh, it's going to be great entertainment for everyone uh, to listen to me relive what was. Uh, I'm, I'm continuing to describe as the worst day of my life. Yeah. Deciding to do this podcast. <laughs> well, uh, you yeah. said it, pal. Arguably. Uh, George O'Boy on the Royal, we take a trip to Morrison's this week where I, I nipped in just before coming home tonight to get my good lady a Valentine's card, but we'll get to that later. Um, and we have also got, in honour of the Super Bowl last night, the, we've got the first ever Dogger Saints halftime show and what a treat you're in for today. I have heard this already. 
No, no, I've not heard it already because it's a live halftime show. <laughs> but I've heard them all practice and I've heard all the all the stars are here and I've heard them all practicing. And I tell you, they were that good, Sam. I actually shouted through to you. I said, turn that radio off. That's how good they were. <laughs> that is how good. Forget about Eminem, Dr. Dre, Kendrick Lamar, Mary Day Blige, and a pretty hefty looking 50 Cent. Yeah, forget all of them. We have got our own Dogger Saints halftime show, which will be coming up. Happy Valentine's Day. Last week it was Lynn's birthday and I was doing the podcast. This week it's Valentine's Day and I'm doing the podcast again. The good books I am not in. I am once again asking for a divorce lawyer for some. Not ideal, is it? I got a nice card though. I won't tell you the message I wrote inside it, but I think I sent you it. Yeah, I've seen it. Uh, yeah, you sent me that. Um, please don't. Yeah, please was, please don't repeat that on that. It's, um, it's very Jason in between us is all saying. She said, this is absolutely disgusting. Don't ever do that. I'm, I'm unsurprised, but at least you're not alone on Valentine's Day. So <laughs> Miller one, Williams nil. There we go. Oh, let's hashtag find Williams a date. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, do that if you want. But, I, don't, I but, don't care. I'm playing it cool. But what I got reminder of being Valentine's Day was one of my favourite ever videos from the Oak Mall in Greenock, the shopping centre. Now, they had like a blue screen up and they were giving people to put out Valentine's messages. I got sent this today by uh, my mate Elliot and I completely forgot about it, but it's absolutely gold. You've never heard of so yet, Dan, have you? I have not, Sam. Right. Well, before we get into talk about St. Johnson, which we are all here to do, let, let, I'm going to let you all hear this first. It's ridiculous. This is Beth, and I would like to wish my brother a happy Valentine's. Love you lots, Lee. Hi, I'm Nicola McLeod, and I want to say happy Valentine's Day to Jim McLeod, and I want to say thanks for waking me up almost every morning with some sort of allergic reaction. It's been a brilliant eight years so far. Hi, it's James here, and just a wee message for Rob and Kev right there, working in one call direct. Uh, first half Valentine's Day. Can't wait to see you later on a cheeky wee subway. I love you, not crap. <laughs> I'm Bernadette. I'm Stephen. I love Stephen so much, but sometimes I'm doing my dishes and things like that, and he drives me mad. Oh, <laughs> every time I go in to say, oh, dry the dishes, and then, of course, he doesn't dry them blooming right. Wow, that is genuinely, genuinely incredible. I mean, bless him. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the one, my favourite was my... Oh, he's a real painting, like a really sort of <laughs> sort of fake, angry fashion was... It was quite cute, that, but at the that, same that time... No, in fact, my favourite was when he wished a happy Valentine's to a brother. <laughs> Which was, if you've seen the video, I completely understand why she said that, to be fair. But yeah, Bernadette and Stephen seemed very sweet. Uh, the woman as well who um, was with her, who got woken up every morning by her man's allergies. So that, that answers, um, asks more questions than it answers, certainly. But anyway, happy Valentine's Day, Daniel. Happy Valentine's Day to you, Sam. You're the best offer I had. God bless you. Uh, let's go to uh, from Valentine's Day to Valentine's Day massacre of sorts at St Mirren last week. St Mirren versus St Johnson. They were on a great run at the moment, and this is what happened. Middleton trying to make something happen for St Johnston. He gets the ball back and he goes down, and it's a penalty. Marcus Fraser. Hauling the on-loan Rangers winger to the deck. Callum Hendry scores! Some muted celebration from the striker. And in fact, he's going to have to retake that penalty. The ball was just moving. Hendry again! And he makes no mistake at the second time of asking. Giving St Johnston the lead. Fantastic penalty. And it will be a penalty for St Mirren now. 
David Dickinson pointing to the spot for the second time in this match. And Ronan sends Xander Clark the wrong way just before half-time. Can St Mirren start the second half the way they ended the first? Here's Kilty, crosses to the back post. There's Grieve! And with his first goal for the club, he gives St Mirren the lead. Full-time whistle goes, and St Mirren are into the top six. St Johnston dropped to bottom spot. Not ideal, Dan. I couldn't make the trip. You went there. You didn't get a donor pie, but we'll get to that. Tell me about the game. I made a real fast of that situation, and I'm I'm very upset at myself for it. But I don't know where you start. Uh, brilliant for probably half an hour or so, even longer. And then I've, it was like someone flipped a switch. They went from playing, I thought, some pretty good football, got the ball on the deck, playing it about beautifully. Really, I'd say under the cosh. It could have been more than one goal up. We're not for a couple of decent saves by um, Jack Anik. Would have been. And then just flipped to switch. We'll come on to what the sort of trigger for that was in a minute, but went from, as I say, playing really well to can't kick their own ass second half. Yeah, but a terrible decision for their penalty, certainly. It was. And we have had some stinkers this season. I mean, off the top of my head, the three really bad ones I can think of that have probably contributed towards us dropping... Well, two of them, I'd say, cost us points. Hibs away and Aberdeen at home with a handball. Well, they were both handballs, but you get what I mean. Two different sort of things. The one last Wednesday... Again, was just referee saying it was a blatant shove. I was sat right behind it. Some people said it was handball, but the ref actually came out after the game and said it was a, a blatant shove. His words, not mine. It absolutely wasn't. I think what's happened is, well, two things have happened. One, um, the lads sort of felt a bit of contact from the cart and fair enough, if the ref's going to buy it, do it. Um, but it looks, looked like a guy who was bizarrely desperate to even it up because he'd given us one. But... Ours was pretty blatant. Yeah. And that was pretty spurious. So, yeah, um, it, was, it was a bad decision, but I say it all the time, you know, enough happens in a game of football. There's enough time in a game of football to get past that sort of stuff. And also players, manager and fans alike, moaning about referees and saying we're hard done by isn't going to be any comfort in the championship next season. Certainly not. But... As Mr. Positive, as I try to be sometimes, two good penalties from Callum Henry, something we have not seen from any St. Johnson player this season. Well, that was weird as well. And I, I, I'll admit, I didn't watch it back when I got home because I really couldn't be bothered. But what was it? What was the retake for? The ball was moving. The ball was moving, yeah. When you see was it, it? From, right. from one angle from behind, the ball actually moved forward probably about half a foot. Like it literally rolled off the spot quite substantially. Um, but you can only really see it from one angle because it was blocked by a player's head. But yeah, it definitely moved. As soon as Anik died, he was pointing to the ball and I think Callum Henry knew as well. So, But fair play to him for stepping up again and doing it. Because remember, Jason Kerr stepped up twice against our both to take penalties and missed them both. Oh, yeah. <laughs> one during the game yeah, and one during the shootout. That was a misguided theory, to be honest with you, Jason penalties. Oh, it's going to always going to be a short one, Joy. Um, yeah, well, it was very... Very minging weather conditions. I was going to come out with some actual good have, word. There. Sorry, I'm going to have a tin of lager now. I know it's not delicious yanga, but it's good. Oh, hey, it's not delicious yanga. If you know, you know. If you go to the gym group in Perth, there's a delicious hydration station which produces fine yanga flavored water. I'm all for it. Oh, it's delicious. I, I took a while to convert because I've always been like, ah, water, I'll just do it. 
But what I mean, what a taste sensation. And it's full of all the vitamins you need. It, it's tremendous. They're not even so, sponsoring the show. Get in touch, Yanga. Yes. We will give you the both barrels. <laughs> yes. If you want to involve Yanga, you let us know. Back to the football. <laughs> so yeah, it was um it was Ming in weather conditions, so I'm not surprised that the ball shifted about. But I'm I'm just looking at it. You say Mr. Positive. I actually saw I actually saw a good take on this. It's from our old pal, the universe, Joss, on Twitter. And he said, a lot of negativity knocking about, he said, but we're great for a large part of that game. And that's true. But that's also what makes me a bit more worried than maybe other games when we've just been rubbish from whistle to whistle. And that's because we were playing so well. And then it's, as I've said it before, there's a recurring theme. We concede or we get a stinker of a refereeing decision going against us. And it's just totally bang. It's just... It just flips on a flips on a sixpence. So yeah, I, I'm. This is going to sound a bit new agey, and people probably laugh at me for it. And fair enough. To fit your hipster pers- might, persona. Sorry. To, will this fit your hipster persona? Possibly. Maybe I. Maybe no. Go on then. What is it? Go on. Give us your 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 nugget of advice. Right. They might be ahead of me on this. I genuinely think that a few players in that dressing room, possibly on mass would benefit working with a sports psychologist. 100% agree. It's not uncommon in any sport now, not in uh, top-level football, not in you know a lot of individual sports, even you know golf, tennis, even darts players work with sports psychologists. <laughs> I'm just looking at those guys and I'm thinking, I'm thinking they just seem, I'm not going to say because that's like a horrible thing to say, but they seem very affected by, by um, things that go on in a game. And you just think, as I say, you, it's football. You're going to get a rubbish decision go against you from time to time. Admittedly, we have had a very unusual amount of rubbish decisions go against us. Or you're going to concede. So if you can find a way to work through it. Also for these lads, you look at what happened last season. Obviously, it was brilliant. They probably know that was the pinnacle of their career for a lot of them. And they've probably tried to work through that. They're also dealing with a massive weight of expectation on the back of that. So just a little bit of help, just even just an outside voice coming to the dressing room. As I say, I don't know this sort of well enough to know whether they might already be ahead of me here. Callum Davidson doesn't sort of strike me as the kind of guy who would be taking on the front foot in that regard because we know he's quite, in maybe the nicest possible way, a bit stubborn and... His own man with his own thoughts. Sorry? His own man with his own thoughts. He is that, and he is very... Um, he's almost quite old school in, in terms of football now, and he, he's a bit more of the sort of ilk of the gaffer from top to bottom if you get me everything was, goes through even you know, when, I see a lot of clubs we've known this before Dan when we've tried to get a guest on at the end of the day we'd be sat with Sam Porter and it works up the chain and it has to get signed off by Callum at the end of the day to come on so <laughs> yeah and you know, that's just somebody well I mean that's entirely up to him I want to run the club he's he's a manager of a football club but probably does give a bit of an indication into like you say he's very much his own man he likes things done a certain way and probably again like nicest possible way probably a bit of a control freak will it be his downfall could be look at all the great managers in the end they either learn how to delegate or learn how to delegate learn how to trust people or they take keep taking on too much themselves like traffic example Wenger and they fizzle out remember, it gets too much it's going to be too much for any one person remember Wenger like on Sky Sports News no matter what the story was Arsene Wenger always had an opinion on it, regardless if it was like a Burnley defender. Arsene Wenger has said, like, what has it got to do with him? It's the same as Ted Beckham. He always used to throw his hat in the ring with things that didn't involve him. Yeah. <laughs> Ted Beckham basically was on retainer at every Red Top newspaper just for an opinion. 
It's like, all right, your son's meant at football. Who <laughs> okay. will we get on? We can't get, we can't get David. Let's get Ted. Let's get Ted on. <laughs> Victoria. I would say so. But anyway, a, a defeat for St. Johnson puts us back at the bottom of the table. Two big matches coming this week against Aberdeen and Hearts on Saturday. But before we get to them, let's do a competition. How about this? Who our mystery voice competition? Here's the clip that has been driving the nation wild. Hi, I'm <laughs> and I'm the Dog of Saints mystery voice. I say driving everybody wild. It's not really, but it's a good competition. We've got another listener on the line right now. How are we doing, Dave? Sam, let's get on. We are speaking tonight to Andy Gannon. How are you, my friend? You good? Yeah, I'm good, gents. How are you? Uh, all the better for speaking to you, Andy. Whereabouts in the world are you right this minute? Well, I'm currently in Farnborough down in Hampshire. What a lovely part of the world that is. Well, not the window I'm looking out of, mate. <laughs> oh, that must be the other Farnborough. <laughs> easy, easy mistake to make. But this is what we're talking about, the, the biggest game since Wardle. It's Wendy Who. I'm going to play the clip one more time for you, my friend. Here it is. Hi. Okay. I'm... And I'm the Dog of Saints, Mystery Voice. Andy Gannon. Looking out of a terrible window in Farnborough. Who is this week's Wendy Who? My guess was David Bingham. David Bingham, ex-Livy, born in Edinburgh, probably born in the 70s, I think. He is born in the 70s, of Hopefully. course he is. Um, as a fine guess, Daniel. It's a really good guess. Somebody actually, somebody, you're not the first person to say that. They, they were just weren't selected out the out the out the out the hat this week. But there has been a couple in for David Bingham, but you've been the lucky one to get it. Now, you told me it was David Bingham, so I could rearrange my buttons accordingly to include maybe even the winner's version. <laughs> get my hopes up. I know. But let's find out if it is that one. Here it is. Is it David Bingham? <laughs> it's not David Bingham. Oh. <laughs> We will get there soon. I am sorry you're not going to be the proud owner of a AFC Bournemouth dog poo bag holder and more importantly, a Saint Mug. But it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you as always. Please have another go and we'll look forward to seeing you again. We've not seen you since the... Was it the last game, Cal, uh, Galatasaray? It was, mate, when you sloped off after the game for getting your round in. Oh, I, oh, I certainly did you not. did do that. Well remembered. I, I was Both in a, Danny and I were stood at the bar thirsty, mate, and I tell you what, it was a sad day. I, I I was in a huff. I was in a big huff after that game, <laughs> to be fair. But there was couldn't have asked for a better day prior to the, the the sun was shining and that was your first trip to the to the dogger. How did you find it? Uh it was better than expected. Well, <laughs> that's that should be the tagline on the <laughs> the railway staff club better. Better, better than expected. <laughs> Lovely. I think we I bet our podcast's been described as that as well, so it must be something all to do with that. But Andy, it's been a pleasure. Uh, Please don't be a stranger, and we'll see you next time we're up, my friend. No dramas, Dad. Have a have a good evening. Thanks again, mate. Thanks again, Andy. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, Andy. Cheers, bye bye. See you, mate. Bye bye. Unlucky Andy, not correct, but a good shout. Very good shout. Ticked a lot of the boxes there. It really did. And it wasn't a bad shout in the slightest, just as I say, close, but not quite the Henri Winterman cigar. Certainly. And it's not. not it's not Henry Winterman. It's not Henry Winterman. He was either. a 
He was a cigar impresario and not a footballer. From the lyrics of Girl from Mars. That's the only reason I know Henry Winterman and Seagars. <laughs> exactly that, mate. I'm so glad you got that. Yeah, best album ever. 1977. Top spin. Um, let's give a clue, shall we? I know about five or six people that have messaged in think 100% they know the right answer. But a lot of them are coming in saying they're not too sure and they're going to have a guess anyway. So I think it's time for another clue. I think you might be right, mate. Let's do a clue. So there's about, still about 15 names in the hat that are ready to get drawn out. So um, if it's not you, but you think you know the answer, we're not not picking you. We'll actually do a live draw if you want to see the essence of fairness. We can do that. But this week's clue, Dan. The Wendy Who mystery voice is a Hall of Famer. Wow. Wow, indeed. Cat amongst pigeons. Pigeon limbs all over the show. <laughs> indeed. An absolute flurry of feathers. That's our clue. Our Wendy Who mystery voice is a former Hall of Famer. Here is a clip one last time. Hi, I'm... And I'm the Dog of Saints, mystery voice. But we move on to this. The 49th time I've heard that jingle, and I still love it to this day, is George O'Boy on the Royal. Where have you seen St. Johnson players, and what the hell have they been up to? You let us know. And who's let us know this week, Dan? Sam, I've got to tell you. Listeners, I've got to tell you, this is coming from one of our listeners been there since the very beginning. Very beginning. A lot of you will know him. It's Kev Heller. Friend of the show, Kev Heller. Friend of the show, Kev Heller. He's even been on, hasn't he? Yeah, he's been on, yeah. He was on for Wendy Who, and he went with Philip Scott. He did. He was also at our live show, which was nice. And he dressed up as Brogan the Beagle to advertiser Teal Magenta Mugs. He also turned out for Norwood. Good. What a guy. What a guy. Who did he see? He saw me keeping wickets on. But no, tonight's old Boyle from Kev. This takes us to the world of the Supermarché, Morrison's. Good, right, okay. So Kev says to us, he says he's seen Jacob Butterfield in Morrison. <laughs> Saints midfielder, the Butterman, Jacob Butterfield. Was he buying butter? It, no, we'll get to that. He said he was studying an array of pot noodles. <laughs> I like a pot noodle. I haven't had a pot noodle since I was a student. Do you know they now do pot noodles that aren't even in pots? They're called Lost the Pot Noodle. And they're just in bags like super noodles. Like super noodles. I'm allergic to super noodles. But not pot noodles. What could, pos- have- <laughs> what could possibly be in the ingredients of a super noodles that is so different? To- I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you're the guy that was in that women's uh, shopping center Valentine's message with allergic reactions. Maybe he's also allergic <laughs> to super noodles, but he has one every night. Who knows? Very possibly. <laughs> I don't know anyone from Greenock. <laughs> no, right. I might have made this. Uh, right. I think... I've probably put two and two together and come up with five. I just so happen to have been ill twice after eating super noodles. Which I had after a banging night in the piss. No, this was going back to um, this was going back to when I was a teenager. Maybe I've grown out of it. I don't know. But I used to love a pot noodle. I still like a pot noodle. Spicy curry was a personal favourite. I liked the ch- uh, chow mein. It was my favourite, the turquoise one. Did you ever have the kebab one? Oh, it's tremendous. Mem- I still do it. Remember the tagline for pot noodles was the slag of all snacks? Yeah, you wouldn't get away with that now. Same as saying the Yorkie were around saying it was not for girls on the, on the <laughs> labels and that, which is ridiculous. You wouldn't get away with that. But you know what really annoys me about pot noodles? Sorry to interrupt. Uh, the king size soup or king size pot noodle still has the same size of sachet of soy sauce or tomato sauce in it than a regular one. You need more. You've got it badly wrong. Of course you need more. Exactly. Anyway, that's that's me about pot noodles. But uh, what about Jacob? What was he looking at? To give well, an, it an, was an array, Kev said. An array of pot noodles. <laughs> so, I mean... Maybe, maybe you liked all of the flavors. You do. I mean, this is one of those things where you think footballers, especially someone like Jacob Butterfield, who's been, who's, you know, 
been around the block a little bit. Would have had the dietitians, dietitians and nutritionists, basically just their advice jumped into him. But no, and I quite I have a lot of time for this. He's getting possibly the most unhealthy thing on the planet. He, he can do what he wants. He, he'd burn that off no time at all, though. He's an athlete. But is he is he married? Is he a single man? Do we know? He might well be married, but um, Mrs. Butters, Margarine, she might be in... Um, <laughs> Imagine her name was Margarine Butterfield. Margarine <laughs> <laughs> Butterfield. She might, be, she might still be in, um, in the Shire, in England Shire. So nothing on his Wikipedia. He's very aloof, isn't he, the old, old Butters? Yeah, but then again, you've just we've just bought him back that earth with pot noodles. We have, but um, does he? Does that? Does that all? Just seen buying pot noodles. That's the kind of shit we love in this. Yeah, we sort of overlooked here how good an old boil that is. <laughs> it really is vintage old boil. <laughs> it's, it's really good. Yeah, because we've just done our usual and deviated off on a tangent. But brilliant! That is the kind of stuff we we yearn for. That is the. The pinnacle of an O'Boyle kind of story. Love it. Well done, Kev. But, but, if you think you've seen one, but you can't remember or you need your memory jogged slightly. You need somebody to jog your memory. The best thing to do is have some um, Yanga water because that's, that's good for, it's full of the minerals and nutrients to help feed that brain. It replenishes mind, body, and indeed, salt. And comes in so many ridiculously good flavours. Pineapple and coconut, prickly pear, blackcurrant, passion fruit, mixed berry, or simply water. But that's still got the nutrients in it, which is terrible. It's got the kind of consistency of saliva. Do not go with it. No, no, I, I wasn't planning on it. Um, I, I like a mixed fruit. I like a mixed fruit as well. Have you ever tried? <laughs> right, no, no, let's just go on. We're, we're in a very a niche rabbit hole here. Where have you seen a Giorgio Boyle? Where have they been? Daniel. Sam, listeners, I gotta tell you, because I'm making them yeah, it's no. Where you seen the Satan's, but you might be thinking, you might be like, damn, what are you talking about? Well, I give you some examples. I can't explain what I'm talking about, but I can show you. Or I can speak to you to show you. So, <laughs> listeners, here's a couple of examples just to get your juices flowing, just to whet the appetite. And I've been thinking this weekend. I was looking back at yesterday evening. There was much talk of a superb owl in California. A superb owl. Joined by a ram and a Bengal tiger, nonetheless. It was a very animalistic affair in California. I have to tell you some. But I was, I was more thinking about the owl because, as we've already covered, I have a deep pathological fear of birds. <laughs> but I'm going to get past that fit. Well, I won't get past it, but I'm going to put it to one side to give you some avian examples <laughs> of old boils, of where you've seen the cities. So have you ever seen? You might have seen it. It might have happened. Have you seen it? You come and let the boys know. I'll tell you. I'll let us know in a minute. But have you ever seen former Saints fullback Keith Watson having a bloody lovely old time performing a falconry demonstration at the Bishop's Cleed Village Fair? Alas, things take a dark turn as the falcon decides its natural home is on top of the local vicar's head, and it cannot be moved. As a result, Sunday service figures have dwindled as parishioners fear a falcon could turn on them. It's chaos in Bishop's <laughs> Cleveland Keith. So that, that's not all I'm thinking. I'm thinking that's just one example. But you might need a second, so I'm going to give you a second avian example. So have you ever seen Saint Centre Forward Stevie May finally completing the final steps 
to living his dream of being a pirate by walking around Perth with a parrot on his shoulder, going by the alias Long John Shooty Goals. <laughs> he has subsequently been sectioned under the mental health act. If you shouldn't have carted him away in a straight jacket, the parrot being taken away by the RSPCA, you come and let us know. You come and let the boys know. And I'm going to tell you, let us know. All the usual social streams. Doggy Saints on Instagram. Doggy Saints on Twitter. DoggySaints.com, the contact section. And the old facey B. Don't go look, don't go looking through your mate's friends list to find out what his attractive colleague looks like, Miller. <laughs> you come and let the boys know. You come and give drop us a message. And we'll get your old boil. We'll get your old boil out on there. Boom! Get there. What's the shop? Club shop of shame. What's the shop? Club shop of shame. What's the shop? Club shop of shame. What's the shop? Shame. My goodness me, that uh, covered a lot of bases. Um, and I was just literally writing down Long John Shooty Goals. <laughs> I think that'll be our episode title this week. And um, I knew fine well that was the Face AB uh, reference you're going to go for this week. As soon as you said you're in an office with a girl, I, I found her instantly on Facebook. I'm good that way. Yeah, yeah that's what you did. Um, there was <laughs> right, there's also, I need, to, I need to qualify this. Because there is actually a block that walks around Cleveland, where I'm from. Well, I'm from Blackpool, but Cleveland's is like the, right the next town. There's actually a bloke who walked around Cleveland with a parrot on his shoulder, and I'm shit scared to go home. That is amazing. A genuine parrot. Yeah, just walks around with a parrot on his shoulder. Not enough people do that. I think one is plenty. In fact, one is far too many. I, I might, I might be my new thing. Need a thing. Dictator is not my look. Clearly, maybe pirate is. Pirate could be the look for you. I remember reading a news story, and this put the fear of God up there. And it was a, a parrot had escaped from like a nearby house and in, and invaded a cricket match and had landed on the wicket keeper's shoulder. And I'm like, oh no, they're after, no. <laughs> they're after wicket keepers. <laughs> that is it. You, that is you absolutely <laughs> snookered. Dogger Saints podcast, all things St. Johnson, apart from this feature and most of our other ones at the moment, because Saints are not very good. This is a club shop of shame. What useless, terrible football merchandise have you seen online? Let us know. And this week is, it hits a wee bit close to home with uh, our good friend Daniel Brian Williams here. I think you should go into it in more detail, Daniel. But it is terrible. Well, first of all, speaking of things that hit close to home, speaking of the club, right, this isn't sort of club shop of shame. This was a targeted ad I received on Facebook (laughs) um, for a 20% off Valentine's Day sale on uh, wigs. (laughs) <laughs> Lord hair wigs. Um, so harsh. yeah, oh, that was that that was um, that hit very close to the bone. Um, that was an arsehole of a thing to do. But <laughs> also, the style of wig advertised looks exactly like your haircut, Sam. Nice, buy it. You so, too could look like Sam go. Miller, a man of style. <laughs> what a guy! But but even that did not offend me as much as our club shop of shame item here, and we are going. We go to Manchester. We're going to the blue third of Manchester. We go to Eastlands. What is the third team? Two thirds of United. <laughs> All right, okay. I think you're altering them. I've been, I've, I've even been sort of generous there because I used to say the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> um, says the ball, he's not from Manchester. Anyway, um, so we're going there, and specifically, we're going there 13th of May, 2012. I think it was the 13th, and yeah. Not a, not a particularly great day for me. Uh, that morning, I'd bust my wrist playing in a sevens tournament. And because I was starting a job 
in Edinburgh the next day. I'd bust my wrist playing in goal. And so I never got it looked at. And to this day, um, that wrist doesn't really move. What one is it? Left one. Now nah, you're fine then. Thankfully. <laughs> um, but for people who don't know that uh, fateful day what, for Man United fans was a bad one because Man City won the league uh, by scoring two goals in the last five minutes Aguero world famous goal now um, you remember the commentary so I'm going to go into the um, I'm going to go into the item it is a Sergio Aguero 93-20 large canvas limited edition so a big picture of Sergio Aguero running away with his tap off, swinging it round his head, as you would do if you just scored in the last minute to win the league. Now, the perfect addition to any Man City fan's collection. Collection of what? Shite. <laughs> Featuring the incredible Sergio Aguero, as Sergio went on his shirtless victory lap, adding this collectible to your wall will ensure your Man City pride is always on full display. Did we not cover no. what, what indicates pride? We did. It was a couple of weeks ago. It was some Livingston, Livingston egg cup. Apparently that was the best way to demonstrate football pride. I can't keep up. Oh, I mean, it's, it's you know, you, you you can keep a list and everything, but it's very changeable of how you can demonstrate. I don't know where I stand these days with how you demonstrate football pride. Anyway, Sunday 13th of May 2012, I got that right without reading that, and I've, that is very, very sad that I know that. It's a date Manchester City fans and Manchester United fans, I might add, will never forget. On a day of unimaginable drama, with a set of circumstances scriptwriters could have rejected for being too far from reality, all our dreams came true. Champions of England again. The 44-year wait over at last. With one swing of his right boot, Sergio Aguero ensured two numbers, 93-20, well, the referee should have blown up 20 seconds earlier, so it shouldn't have counted, became a reference point in the club's rich history for the greatest end to a season English football has ever seen. Right, well, that's well. I'm, I'm just going to move on. Right, product details. This is important here. 80 or so jubilant fans that were in the crowd as Sergio went on his shirtless victory lap. Every face in that crowd is an actual person who was there on that day, and every one of them ugly. <laughs> Along with each... Canvas comes the added bonus of a 12-page colour booklet explaining the many stories woven into the scene. Well, they probably got the tram to Eastlands and then and then watched the game for 90 minutes. <laughs> a high-resolution scan of the original artwork has been used to create these stunning canvas prints. I'll stop. I'll stop you there. So a scan, a print, did you say? So it's not actually original artwork. It's a, it's a scan of the original artwork. Hold the boss, you just hit upon something here. That's going to become very, very relevant in a couple of minutes. Very, very relevant. Yeah, so it's not actually, um, it's not actually artwork. That, well, it is, but it's a, it's, a, it's a scan of it. Keep that in mind. <laughs> Each piece is individually made printed, again, just to, just to re-emphasize that point, onto quality cotton canvas, then gallery wrapped around wooden stretcher bars to look and feel like the original painting. The original painting, right? That's not what this is. <laughs> this isn't a painting. Hanging brackets ready to put on the wall. 93 Twitter and then uh, some stuff about the artist who painted one of the, who painted one original thing, which isn't this. Shipping and payment. Free UK delivery on orders over £90. Well, that's got to be some consolation to you in a minute. Standard delivery in one to three days. Nah, 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 nah. I'll give right. it one thing. I'll give it one thing though before we move on. The description is excellent. It is a good description. I'll give the Magoo something. That is a good, good description. Given a lot of things we've had on here recently, 
really can't be asked. <laughs> it doesn't even have a description, a description. Or remember that one? It didn't even finish it off. It just tailed off mid sentence. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was Chelsea. Yeah, just gave up. Oh, bugger it. Nobody's going to buy it. The living, I thought the Livingston one, the Egg Cups, was a good one because for like one truly complete and utter bag of shit, they really, really got enthusiastic in the description. I'm not being a snob here because I know nothing about art, but this genuinely looks like something like a weird poster you get. Remember at HMV and you go through the posters, a lot of them are like sort of album covers and stuff like that, or pictures of, of a band or a, a singer or whatever. But then occasionally you'd get to the back and they'd be like this, a wizard riding a unicorn carrying a diamond sword or something. Like a, some kind of mad fantasy picture. Mad fantasy, yeah, mad fantasy picture. Like really badly drawn mad <laughs> fantasy picture. That is basically the standard we're looking at. It looks like it should come free with a packet of chewing gum. <laughs> but it's not coming free, is it though? No, because listeners, if you would like... <laughs> The crudely drawn, and it's not even actually drawn, it's a print, Sergio Aguero, 9320, large canvas, limited edition, essentially the sort of football equivalent of when Mr. Bean replaced Whistler's mother with a poster. <laughs> good film. It's a good film, actually. <laughs> Mr. Bean's holiday to follow wasn't so good. Not so good. Um, this could be yours for £850. <laughs> wow, that is amazing. I say amazing, it's absolutely profiteering at its finest. Right, the one thing Manchester City aren't short on is money. Yet, they are still flogging this. £850. A print. I wonder what the original must be going for then. I know, probably what's it? Probably only the bloody National Gallery could afford it. I got a, a picture commissioned for my dad for his birthday 60th. By mm. you know Paul Harper, he was on Pure Radio. His dad, Bob Harper, does like music, oh, yeah. does musician art uh, with like their like portrait face, but they've got the lyrics written through their their faces. Up, they're brilliant. So my dad's favorite artist is Steve uh, Forbert, who yeah. not many people have heard of, but he loves him. So I got I gave him the picture, gave him the song to put the lyrics in him. Brand new, amazing artwork. My dad's got it in his living room wall, and that cost about a grand, a one off piece, one thousand pounds from a professional artist, and they're charging eight hundred and fifty pounds for a print. And I'll be honest with you, mate, it is a very crudely drawn affair. Deserves to go in the club shop of shame, no doubt about it. Oh, pride of place. If you're a Man City fan and want a, a, a crudely drawn print of Sergio Aguero in the 93rd minute and 20 seconds, you can have it for £850. Nobody's going to buy it because it's pish. That's why it's in the club shop of shame. We've got a halftime show to get to, Dan. But before we do, we did an example of what you need to look for in the club shop of shame. Give me an example, Daniel. I'm going to give you an example. But Sam, I'm just going to very quickly round off on that, that day. A couple of months ago, it was my birthday. I was in the pub, right? I was in one of the pubs in town. And for some reason, it just had Sky Sports on and whatever programme it was had finished. And then for some reason, they were showing a highlight, well, showing the highlights of that City QPR game. And I literally went to the bar and made I said, please, it's my birthday. Please don't make me watch this. <laughs> and she obliged. Oh, that's nice of her. What pub was that? Uh, it was the old ship. Oh, lovely. Well done, old ship. Good for them. Anyway. <laughs> well done. Examples. Examples. Sam, you want an example. You've been asking me for an example. You've been chewing my ear off for an example. <laughs> I'm going to give you an example. Because I think the listeners, you might like an example. Because we love it. We love it when you come to us with the club shop of shame. Candidates that are inevitably entries. <laughs> so we love it when you come to us with these. But you might just need a little bit of 
a little bit of assistance just to get the juices flowing. And what I always like to do is um, I like to combine inevitable wide range of sort of tap that's out there with the wonderful world of the cinch, the Scottish football, the fit bar, if you will. <laughs> now, Sam, I got to tell you, um, this, there's been a couple of occasions in my life where I've decided to start thinking up of TV shows in my head and possibly TV shows that could make my millions. And they always revolve around an actual person. So one that I came up with, or I suggested, um, there's a West Indian cricketer called Roston Chase. So I suggested that he could be at the centre of a police procedural drama called Chase on the Case. <laughs> well, right. That's how our features start off. We come up with a name and try and work, <laughs> work the feature around the name. Yep, I love it. It is exactly that. I also came up with one um, a couple of years ago uh, based around the idea of former Norwegian Manchester United centre-halves, um, Ronnie Johnson and Henning Berg, sharing a flat that they rented <laughs> off Peter Schmeichel. They used to spend a lot of time hanging about an artisan coffee shop run by fellow Norwegian Manchester United footballer Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. And they got into a lot of wacky schemes <laughs> and the mastermind behind these schemes was Alex Ferguson. And basically, the whole the whole gang was involved. The whole 1999 gang was involved. But because they were Norwegian and they were, you know, a rented accommodation, I came up with the name Affordable Rents. <laughs> I was wondering where I was going. I was trying to work out in my head. I couldn't go there. Right. So that's the prefix. That's the prefix. Roy Keane was involved somehow. Anyway, anyway, so this weekend we saw um, we saw a manager. We've seen a couple of managerial casualties throughout the cinch. Well, the most notable one following Aberdeen's loss in the cup at Motherwell was um, Stephen Glass being the, given his jars. The Glass Man. The Glass Man being given his jars. Now, that got me thinking, he's got a bit of spare time on his hands now. And I got, then I started thinking back to my glory days of Chase on the case and affordable rents. I'm like, well, he's got a bit of time on his hands. He might be looking at a bit of a change in career. So, Sam, you know where this is going. <laughs> I could wish I did. I know where this is going. <laughs> Listeners, you might know where this is going, but if you don't, I'm going to tell you. Have you ever seen now former Aberdeen manager Stephen Glass appearing in a tastefully erotic Netflix comedy drama series, Glass Hunts for Ass, about his <laughs> failed attempts to find love after a... After a a messy divorce, be it from his football club, be it from his missus. Both could have happened this weekend. I don't know. I don't know the man. It'd be a real, a real kick in the spuds for him if it was. But he's definitely <laughs> departed from his football club and he's got to try and console himself by looking for love on this day of love. Glass hunts ass. Cover in Netflix. Produced by Daddy Williams. <laughs> Boom! Wait, no, have you seen this? <laughs> almost, almost. I'm not editing it. You carry on. You will fall foul of your own mistakes. Carry on. If you've seen this, you come and let the boys know. You've got to let the boys know because I'm aching. I'm yearning to know if you see Stephen Glass on the hunt for ass. Then you come and let us know. Um, all the usual social streams. Dog Saints on Twitter. Dog Saints on Instagram. Dog Saints on com, the contact section. And the old facey B. Stop posting a status saying happy Valentine's to your other half when they sat right next to you. Oh, that's annoying. You stop doing that and you come and let the boys know. You come and see us. Boom! Get there! Well, that's a, one of the weirder ones, Dan. I'll give you that one, but we'll accept it. I remember I played a game with Andy Miller once. We were trying to come up with five sex acts. And the best we came up with was Glenn Roth asked to mouth. I'm actually quite impressed, but oh. <laughs> yeah, a little bit odd. But you know what? It's time for now, Dan. Time for me to, like, sort of retire. It's time for you to sit back and relax. Grab yourself a beer. Close your eyes. Imagine being at McDermott Park. The big sheet's been pulled over the grass. The players are off for half time. 
a numerous number of stars has walked out. You're wondering what's going to happen. It's the Dogger Saints Podcast Halftime Show. It's an amazing feat of musical genius. I vote that this gets played at halftime at McDermott in an upcoming fixture. I'd like that. I think it'd be nice, but sit back, enjoy. It's the Dogger Saints Halftime Show.
in the spring And spring became the summer Who'd have believed you'd come along Hand Touching hands Reaching out Touching me Touching me Certain 
well. What an absolute treat for everybody. I liked, I liked it. Don't know about you guys. I, I, I enjoyed it, Sam. It, it was good. It had good hustle about it. It did. Like, like just close your eyes, like a live version of all the best Saints songs. That was a real treat. And it would be great. You know, make, fill your boots as much as you want. Go back and listen to it as much as you can, as quickly as possible before we get done for copyright infringement. That's why we put the cheating over it to make it more difficult for them to find it. <laughs> <laughs> We're not that stupid. Um, this was in the back of, we did include the Liquidator in there. We did chat last week or the week before about it regarding maybe a change of that song from halftime. Now we got a, an email in from Dogger Saints, the contact session from David who wholeheartedly agree it's probably time to drop the liquidator. He gave some suggestions, some of them we, we put in that song, uh, Sweet Caroline, The Saints Are Coming with the U2 Green Day version, Blue Dabbidi do with that, that could have gone in there, Eiffel 65. I didn't think about that. Yeah, but was... when he did the music video for it in the club and Reggie Miller got really, really into it. Yeah, Chris Kane looked very, very awkward during that whole thing. It was bizarre. But Saints go marching in, What Is Love, Pump It Up even, might all be popular choices for that thing. I quite like What Is Love. Yeah, good song. That was almost that almost made the cut, but it was going to be about 20 minutes long. And But we've got a guest. We've got a guest to come on. My word, we have we ever got a guest. Now, this man took over the reins mid-80s from St. Johnson. We were almost back to the wall. The world was in a world of debt when he joined. We're second bottom, maybe bottom of the, the lowest tier of Scottish football in a ramshackle stadium. He did the deal of the century. I'm not talking about Murray Davidson and Dave Mackay. I'm talking about with Asda. They bought the land Mewton Park was on. They built McDermott Park on a land given us to by Bruce McDermott. The guy has been the forefront of everything St. Johnson has done over the last 30 years. Chairman until 2013. In that time, he overseen managers like Paul Sturrock, Sandy Clark, Derek McInnes, Owen Coyle, Billy Stark, John Connolly. The list goes on, John McClelland. There's stories to tell, and he has seen so many successes in that time at the club, including cup wins, cup semifinals, promotions. Two cup wins, three cup wins, if you want. Four cup wins, if you include the Challenge Cup. Just cup, cup wins coming out our backsides, Dan. It's, it's just, you, you, you look to your side, there's another cup. <laughs> you go on the other side, another cup. It's madness. <laughs> How do, I can't believe that man can move for all the cups. Now, we have to thank Jordan Thompson, the assistant groundsman and uh, grandson of uh, of Jeff Brown, for setting up the Zoom call with him. He actually went over to the house to uh, set that up so we could chat to him. I, we are absolutely delighted and thrilled that he agreed to do it, first and foremost. Uh, and secondly, we, we tried our best to get as many questions out as possible in the short time we had with them. So I really hope you enjoy this. Absolutely over the moon and delighted to welcome Jeff Brown, OBE. How are you this evening, sir? Ah, fine. It's good to be reminded of being an OBE. <laughs> how, how was that honour for you? Uh, completely out of the blue. Uh, at, this, at this point, we don't know whether we're going to Buckingham Palace or whether it's going to Hollywood or even Bill Murrell, I don't know. Could be anywhere. When do you get to find out or when do you actually receive it? Well, uh, no, I, I noticed only last week Catherine Matthews, uh, she received hers, and that was two years ago. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but there, there has been a delay. So, uh, so there could be a good chance Saints could win another cup before before you receive your honour? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think, there'll be, I think there'll be something between now and the end of, end of uh, this year. Yeah. yeah, well, that's good news. Let's... Let's keep things very positive from the get-go. Let's talk about last season. You were obviously obviously more than fortunate enough and deservedly so to be at both the cup finals. It was a shame the fans couldn't be there, but what a what a remarkable, remarkable set of events last season was. Yes, it was, but uh, for us it was quite eerie. Uh, you're sitting in Hamden, 55,000 people, and you're there and there's, there's no more than 40 people in the 
in the lounge. An incredible achievement. Now, you would have said at the time in 2014 that that was the greatest achievement St. Johnson's uh, ever managed. Now, to do the double, what was the better Scottish Cup? There's a question. It's first and always the best. Yeah, it was. And the fact that um, everybody got to be there as well. And it's an incredible weekend. We've spoke to a lot of the players on this podcast who were obviously involved in the day. Most of them can't really remember much after the event, certainly. Um, I think Chris Miller didn't change out of his suit for three days, we heard. Um, so quite the event. I think uh, at that time, the, the, the alcohol was uh, flown free. Uh, I have to say that when the cup was won, there was no alcohol, anything getting uh, poured out uh, within the lounges. Uh, yeah, they got champagne in the restaurant, but certainly we didn't get, aye, we didn't even get an orange drink. <laughs> we, got, we got coffee. Well, that'll do nicely. Well, probably Roddy's bar would have been open, and imagine in his office, imagine that would have been a, the drinks would have been clinking in there, I presume. Uh, well, the league cup was, was unbelievable. It is. Um, let's talk about this season. Things haven't kind of panned out the way we were hoping, but what word were you used to describe? An unprecedented January transfer window for Saints bringing in up to nine, ten new players. What's been the idea behind all these new players in? Is it basically just going for broke now or is it still sticking to the model that's that you put in place many years ago? I would hope uh no, you're spending, there is spending and there's spending. Uh, unfortunately, we have landed in a, a situation where players are out and they're out for the season. You know, Witherspoon is one of them. And, well, now we've got well, Bryson and Chris Kane, he's got Manchin. And at the end of the day, you've, you know, you're short in terms of number. And uh, that, that natural fact, it was ironical, he got shifty and uh, actually he's out for a long time as well. Uh, so uh, hopefully uh, that'll keep it. There's certain, certain positions. We, the club has a situation where a number of players are running out of contract and uh, and they could have been away during, the, during that transfer window. Uh, no one knew what was going to happen there. And then we the transfer window before and finish up with two offers after 10 o'clock at night so it's not very uh, it's not easy no certainly not uh, but I'd imagine there'll probably be a, a, a turnover of, of, of staff in this, of the playing staff I should say in the summer but Callum's still the guy to do it isn't he Callum is professional he's a super guy uh, and no let's hope you can do it yeah uh, Jeff just obviously you had Callum as a player where well, you had him as a young lad and then as a first team player did he always strike you as a type who was going to one day sort of take this path become a manager he's an intelligent he's an intelligent guy uh, there's not always intelligent guys that can come up to the up to the plate but I think he showed last year he managed to manage a team and manage it well I think the the difference between last year and this year is that uh, last year we didn't really have any real injuries as such, where this year there's been a hell of a lot missing. There has been, certainly, players like David Witherspoon has been a massive miss, um, an outstanding football player and a great servant for the club. Um, I, do, I, I don't know if I would have said that two years ago, uh, but last year he had an exceptional season and he showed the skills that he does possess where this year they have been missed kind of shown now why kind of showed faith in him he's kind of he kind of kicked on under Callum at the first half of last season well second half of last season as well so Tommy Wright must have had a wee he, eye for he, a player he even became one of my favourites 
<laughs> which is a bonus. <laughs> uh, who's your favourite in the current squad? Do you like to say? Well, I don't know if I'd, I'd go for any any favourites as as such. Uh, our, our situation, obviously, Xander has done he's done remarkably well and. Very, very unfortunate not to have a Scotland cap already. Uh, but he's certainly uh, very, very good. Talk about that. It was one of my talking points I wanted to mention. We we mentioned it to all the St. Johnson players um, about there seems to be a thing. Xander's kind of broken the mould, but only him and Murray Davidson in the last wee while have been even called up into a Scotland squad, I think, since Alan Main was. And it's disappointing. And is there something that St. Johnson are an unfashionable team and are kind of overlooked for, for players going into the squad? Well, all you have to do is look at the numbers. Uh, that tells its tells a tale. Uh, it was quite ironical that when Steve Clark became manager of Scotland, that he immediately brought in Kilmarnock right back, Kilmarnock this and Kilmarnock that. Uh, so from not being fashionable to being people that the manager knew, and that certainly does not happen often with St Johnson players. There's probably a few you could name, Jeff, but is there anyone who you think's been really, really unlucky not to get capped while at Saints? We go down the line, but I would, I would have thought uh, Murray Davidson because you no, know, now obviously he's wearing on a bit, but he's done a great job for Saints over was it twelve years he's been. With us now. Yeah, uh, him and uh, Dave Mackay, a joint deal, which is still described as one of the best bits of business that the club ever done. Um, Dave Mackay is another name that comes up often as a player that should have been uh, in the squad, yeah. the most consistent player on the books. But yeah, great bit of business from Derek McInnes, uh, a player you brought in. The last bit as uh, acting chairman you did was bring in Steve Lomas. Now, we, we had Stan Harris on the podcast <laughs> which was a, a good old chat. You'll know, Stan, <laughs> you'll know Stan very well. And you were uh, committing the interviews at the, um, out in the Glen Cars Hotel and the likes, but he was pretty much a bit of a gamble at the time. But what did you see in Steve Lomas compared to maybe other candidates that he would have been the man uh, for Saints to kick on? I think uh, you know, one, one of the things that you've always to watch watch and not do is to appoint someone who's failed somewhere else and uh, Lomas had all the experience uh, and he certainly had an eye for a player there was no question about that yeah um, he did well and obviously he brought in Tommy Wright which who then brought Callum back to the club so it's a, it's a fine chain reaction Cal, that's the kind of the kind of model as well with the management we're not a kind of hire and fire and kind of team the obviously the the, the current chairman Steve Evans Chairman has absolutely backed Callum 100%, obviously with the with the number of bodies we've gotten in the January window. If Callum got offered a bigger job, obviously not going to stand in his way, He's, he, he would go to say the English Premier League, the Championship, something like that. Who would you see as an ideal candidate as a replacement? Would it be from within? Would it be like a Liam Craig or something like that? Or would it be another kind of wild card? That is a question that doesn't require answer. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it was worth a try, Dan. I thought I'd, I thought I'd ask the question. Well, you don't you don't buy a ticket. You don't win the raffle. <laughs> there, there's certainly um, aye, players in the squad that could certainly step up. That's in uh, the humble fans' opinion. Now, I don't know how much do you read comments online um, after games or fans' opinions or anything like that. Do you just completely ignore it? What is it worth? The, the reason I ask that is because you would have been at the Celtic game and you may would have seen the kind of fans' reaction after that, but you would have known yourself that the results obviously weren't going the club's way and it's a bit frustrating, but do you feel a bit let down with the fans on that based on the fact of how much we achieved last season and that we're, we're continually overachieving year after year? Uh, 
No, uh, I think uh, there's a number of players that's certainly not played anything like as well as they played last year, and just that bit is short. Uh, and if I had been a fan on the day, I'd probably been standing beside them. Now, but you must be encouraged with obviously the Dundee United game already with the attendances. Now, the the fan, what do you make of the the young lads in the corner with the drums? The, the take, the take your ear drums out. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was a good atmosphere, and it's pleasing to say uh, people stand to the end. Obviously, that is quite important for the players and, and certainly for the club. It's encouraging because I remember seeing there was a kind of thing with the, this FCU a couple of years back, which obviously got dealt with, and now they're they're back and they're, they they do generate quite the quite the support. So I think that the players do appreciate it. Dan, oh sorry, that must have been an accident. Sorry, mate. Oh, sorry, I thought you, you had your hand up for I'm a having scratch of it. It's a secret system of um, signals. I would just say, actually, I enjoyed that answer about the uh, about the eardrums there, Jeff, because it was exactly like what my, it was the exact answer my dad would have given. <laughs> so there's some good, some good comfort in this interview for me. Now, there was an interview done back after your tenure was up as chairman for you passed the reins over, and you listed your top 11 St. Johnson players in your time in charge. It included it included players like Alan Main and Goldmark Trainer and Sergi Baltacha. Now, we spoke to Sergi. He's been on our podcast. What a lovely gentleman he is. I, I get I get a phone call from Sergi occasionally, but he's always looking for a job. <laughs> Charlton Athletic, I believe he is at the moment, but I think yeah, he kind of suggested to us he would love a, a wee move back up here, I think. But we still yeah. have to provide him with a ladder, though. A new one. Sergio's <laughs> uh, nice guy, nice guy, uh, but no, there was there were certain limit, limitations into uh, his managing ability, <laughs> and his English is terrible for, for being up in the, for being in Britain for thirty odd years. Oh, uh, so, <laughs> nice guy. He is a nice it's guy. Be- it's better than my Russian is, Sam. So and your Russian for that for that fact. That's a very fair point. We've talked about the the highs at the club being taken from where you came in. And it's been well documented how, how important you were to the club when you took over in 85-86. The move to Muirton, taking us all the way to the Premier League. Um, the highs, the Scottish Cup, the League Cup, all that good stuff, promotions. What about the, what memorable matches do you remember for being rank rotten or terrible? The one that comes to my mind was the Challenge Cup final in 96-97. But um, what game stands out for you as a, a really terrible rotten day? The Senhouse Muir, we drew it home and then went away and got beat 3 1. Uh, I remember going up to the park the following day and uh, Paul Stollett was standing with uh, the sloop and he says, Are You here to sack us? I says, Why? Oh, he said, I thought after last night you'd be here to sack us. <laughs> no, you're doing things the right way. <laughs> they, they were. Um, everybody, um, like I said, we've spoke to who worked under both Paul and Sloop have said, um, like you get good cop and bad cop, they're basically bad cop and bad cop. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> old old school management, yeah. but they got the best out of the players. And um, we disappointed the day Paul. That was my first football heartbreak. Actually, was the day when we discovered that Paul Sturrock went to Dundee United. The old gentleman's agreement. You knew it was probably gonna gonna happen, but was it still was it a sore one for you? Uh, very sore indeed. Uh, in fact, uh, no, he was. Going to United and I finished up saying, right, uh, just ask them for this amount of money. He says, they won't pay it. I said, well, you can take me on as agent and I'll get it for you. Uh, but uh, he didn't go as far as doing that. 
<laughs> McLean just sacked his brother, so you could be you could be next. I was going to say he didn't um, hold many punches. But speaking of Dundee United board, you, you you do things the right way. Remember you came out and talked about Stephen Thompson, basically just cut your losses and get out of the club while you can. You should, don't think you should really ever be in the, the Scottish football business for for trying to make a profit and make a right good business out of it. Because but it's St. Johnson are obviously broken the mould. They've been remarkably other, successful. Other than Fergus McCann, I think he's the only man that ever made a profit out of, uh, out of football. That's it. He did the right thing. Come in, t- sort them out, and uh, left again. And he, Celtic should be forever grateful for that man, to be, to be fair. He was unbelievable. He is. But something that will never happen under St. Johnson, even long after Steve leaves the club, I presume, well, we will be in bother like the likes of Dundee have been in, Motherwell have been in, Gretna have been in, Livingston. You could just, every, pretty much every team now has is, is gone to that wire. Is, has it ever been close with St. Johnson? Has it ever looked like at any stage that we're struggling now? This could be, this could be a worry. Well, in Alec Totten's day, he came to me one day with a player and a transfer fee and uh, he said to me Chairman I get this player I said Alec if it was your last penny would you get the player and he just looked at me and I said well that sounds up so. uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's fine when it's not your money to deal with isn't it if you give a, a manager a massive budget they will spend it because it's their job on the line at the end of the day I think you have to appreciate I don't know of any manager who has ever left a club out of pocket they maybe lost a job they don't lose some money. We spoke to Alec Totten, talked about you and him and the relationship and his kind of sacking in the end. But you were at Sportsman's Dinner and he, you claimed that he was the most one of the most important managers that Saints had, certainly in the early stages. He was quite capable of managing the team as a part-time team. Uh, to, to get up to where we were uh, was another challenge. Definitely. I take it you asked Herbie Voltasha about that. We did, yes. Um, we couldn't really understand what he said, but no, we, we did ask him about the situation. Um, I don't think he was overly fond of John McClellan, to be fair, but from what we gathered. No. Do you keep in touch? Do you ever hear from John nowadays? I've never heard. Well, it's a lot of years. He was doing his ambassador with Leeds United, but I don't know if he's still doing that. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I think Dave McDonald, yeah, a, a guy we know, yeah, he's uh, he's doing the stadium tours and stuff on like match day hospitality and stuff at Leeds United down there. But no, not somebody that <laughs> keep in touch with. But we'll finish up very, very soon, Jeff. Where are Saints move forward from now? What's the what's the grand plan with St. Johnson and Steve at the helm just now? Is it short term? We look and just take it to the summer and see where we go from there. Well, hope, hopefully, hopefully we can uh, make our way up the league. Uh, yeah, um, but it's really it's match to match, isn't it? Yeah, the results are looking promising just now, though. Uh, not the results, yeah. the performance, yeah, I should but, say. But you get you get a draw on Saturday, and the three teams above you win. So you uh, from getting one point, you actually fall another two points behind. That's it. But on the positive side of things, each game is vitally important and exciting. It's not a kind of finishing Saints mid-table. It possibly even might boost attendances because you know these games are absolutely cut. You've got to look at the positives these ways. I'm far too uh, positive. That's my problem, Jeff. Hey, I'm going down with a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is that as well. Say we end up in the playoffs and we get Kilmarnock, you'd be kind of half glad it's not Tommy Wright's Kilmarnock. Uh, I'd be I'd be fearing uh, much more uh, if it was Del McInnes because... Uh, the success that Lomas had was on the back of a good team that Derek McInnes left. Could that be the said the same with Sandy Clark and Paul Sturrock back in the day? Yeah, that was. Yeah. 
because it's amazing how a different manager can get out of a set of players. But I'll say I'll ask again when obviously Tommy Wright left the team, then Callum took charge and took them to what they've done. Has that been the same situation? Now we're now is the time to see Callum build his team. Yeah, if there's any criticism to be levelled was that uh, probably ought to be one or two signings in the close season uh, before before we started this year. But when you, you know the last game is a cup final and you win the cup, do you expect to be uh, short for uh, the start of the following term? Certainly not. But did you go? Did you go over to Galatasaray for the match? No, wasn't no they allowed. Oh wait, say just bare bones, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, there was only Charlie Fraser and Steve went. Fabulous result. And let's not forget that was this season. It's a, it seems like a lifetime <laughs> ago now. But um, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a season that could give many people a heart attack. We'll finish off there, Jeff. We'd really, really appreciate your time. Enjoy getting your OB <laughs> wherever you wherever you go to for that one. <laughs> wherever it comes. Huh? That's well, good. We can maybe have another celebration there. That's it. We're, we're, <laughs> we're still waiting for our open top bus parade as well <laughs> anytime soon with, with the cup double, but that could be gone now, well, I feel. You probably know that the province was up on Saturday and presented the, you know, the freedom of birth, but you know, they were disappointed as well because you know, because of the COVID, there was no way that anything could really be done. But it's just such a shame that it's went so long from the time that it was officially granted. Put it this way, in the past, the chief executive, and when I say in the past, I'm going back, you know, 36 years, and there's no chief executive ever paid the attention that he has already paid to yeah. St. John. That's what you want, as you want to be part of the obviously community team. We, we, we have ranted on about this for absolutely years, and the council does not seem to appreciate just what, you know, saints the community do. No, the, no there's, I don't think there's ever any reports go up before the councillors to make them aware of what's happening. St. Johnson could be a massive string in the council bow, but they're not seen to they're not seeming to take it on. The wee, the wee problem is that uh, I don't know of of many of the councillors who are actually football supporters. Okay. See, the uh, administration wise, uh, I don't think there's a, one of the the actual directors uh, stays in Perth. Out of all the years, uh, if, you, if you go to Spain, uh, there's tours that, that take you on the tours. You go to Germany, there are tours that take you on the tours. You always go to a football stadium, whatever. Come to Perth, never got never got my Dermot Park. No, never at all. But you should do because it's a bloody lovely day out. Great ground. <laughs> It's a good stuff, but Jeff, very much appreciate your time. Thanks to your helper Jordan for getting this all set up for us. No problem, pal. Uh, cheers, Joe. Yeah, quick question, pal. What? Who did tonight get in the FA Cup? Uh, you're really funny, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, here's a good one for you. Uh, Dan, obviously, you can tell that he's not local to Perth, but he basically went to university in Dundee, got a job in Perth, and now he's one of St. Johnson's biggest supporters just by going up to the club. So he's only been a Saints fan for, what, three or four years? Five, six. Five, six now, a season ticket holder and loves the club as well. So we need more fans like Dan around. Good. All, all we need is another 5,000. That's it. I'll bus I'll I'll bus him up from Blackpool, Jeff. I'll get a, I'll get a bus going. Goodbye. Goodbye. It's very few. Brilliant, Jeff. Thanks. Keep up the good work. Thanks again, Jeff. Take right, care. Right. Thanks again, sir. Cheers yeah. now. Bye-bye. Thanks. Thanks, Jeff. Cheers, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Well then, Dan. Might as well pack it in now, hadn't we, mate? 
I think so. I'm not quite sure where we go from there. We did ask the questions that we had to ask, didn't we? He very much was of the opinion he didn't need to answer anything, didn't he? <laughs> he didn't want to. Which is absolutely fair enough. But we didn't mention Teal Magena, which is a which is a shame. But what a guy. Really, really appreciate Jeff coming on in his time. It was it was absolutely superb. And as you can tell, he still pulls the strings up there, doesn't he? Oh, he does. And are you gonna? And when you've had when you've looked after something for so long in the way that he did, yeah, it's, you don't just cut. You don't just cut loose completely. No, I'm so appreciative of Jeff. He was he was great with us. You know, generous with his time, answered all but one of our questions. <laughs> um, yeah, he was, uh, it was just really, really, really nice to us as well. So, and again, massive thank you to groundsman, grandson, tech support, Jordan, for uh, for helping us out with that. And probably future guests as well when we're struggling. I said that. <laughs> Low-hanging fruit. Low-hanging fruit. Assistant groundsman, get the view of the groundsman. Why is the pitch so shit, Jordan? Montefuck, sort it out, son. It'd just be what's it? We, we could genuinely just record that one from the dogger. We'd have a great time. I think that would be a rare treat. There was kind of one of these interviews there that we probably couldn't have done on episode one or two when we were still just kind of reading off a script and stuff. Um, I write, write usually write down five or six bullet points to talk to and get kind of long answers out of, of people. Jeff wasn't a really kind of long answer to type of guy so by the by the seven minute mark I was kind of scrambling around and having to think on my feet a wee bit which I probably wouldn't have had the experience to do this time kind of last year but it was great I was brilliant it was a real treat it was so enjoyable so that actually that's a good insight into into how this podcast sort of works in terms of what we both write because you you try and write carefully considered questions for the interviews and I'll just be all have heard and noticed I just jump in when sort of something comes to me and all that. Whereas I write um, basically fan fiction about Saints players <laughs> and uh, general people from Scottish football. So, yeah, that's probably a good insight into the workings of um, how the, the 49 episodes that we've got of this so far. It is. And, well, you think we might have peaked at Jeff? Think again. We will have as many ex-St. Johnson players and managers and former chairman, current chairman, you name it, we will try and get them on this podcast. So if you know any St. Johnson players or work with any of them or bump into them, let them know. Let them know that we would love to speak to them. Also, if you know the person from Yanga Sportswater, get them in touch with us. Have you had Yanga Sportswater? <laughs> if you've not, get some. Get there. Get there to the Yanga. Get there to the Yanga machine in the gym. Don't. You, it's worth joining the gym for. Even if you don't go, you just stop by a couple of times a day. Get some younger. You do. <laughs> we both fill up when we get in, drink it, and then fill up before we leave. <laughs> we are robbing that place <laughs> blind of Yanga. Oh, Yanga, where will you spring from next? <laughs> oh, that is it. Shake your fist hard, boy. Right, let's move on. We have a game this week. We've got two games this week, two very important games. We'll start with Aberdeen away. Uh, time we're listening will be Tuesday or today or tomorrow, whenever you're listening. And a terrible time to, for us, for Aberdeen to lose a manager, you usually get the the kind of re, re bit of resurgence in the, the playing team when you lose a manager. Uh, the, old, the old dead cat bounce. Um, yeah, or new manager bounce, I think more politely called. Dead cat. In fact, we can't, call, we can't say that this week. That is a really bad thing to say. To be fair, Jason Kerr absolutely switched the switched everything around with the old football cat thing, isn't it? That's what football uh, needed. Football needed Jason Kerr this week. He, I, I think we can now safely say he's done his bit in Wigan. He's done everything he needs to do down there. Yeah, and he can he can just can just come home now. I think so. Come home, Jason. And bring Ali with you. Um <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a big game. It really is. Absolutely desperate for for three points. We're now getting into shit or bus territory. What I would say is I genuinely think after St. Mirren the other day, I think that was the last sort of freebie. Last hope I had. And this is gonna sound ridiculous. 
or last realistic expectation I had of finishing higher than 11th went out of the window. I still have hope until it's mathematically impossible. I thought that was the last real opportunity to, to finish higher than 11th, gone out of the window. We need to just focus on trying to make a bit of headway with that 11th spot and against Aberdeen tomorrow night would be really, really useful. I mean, it'd just be useful anyway, but it'd be, <laughs> as I say, it's now, we've now got to the point where every game, even ones that previously sort of shrug at, if you lost or whatever, even now they've become, we need to win. And if we don't win, it's like, that's a big, that's a big result. I fancy it's up there. Um, I think the boys, I think having the Saturday free from the Scottish Cup, they've had a good chance to train. Theo Bear seems like an absolute hammer thrower in training according to Liam Gordon this week. So he's big physical striker is kind of what we need. Ramirez's head will be down looking at what we've got, we've got. But again, Hearts have never got a really good record up at McDermott. Four points, I would accept. I think four points minimum has got to be. It's required and anything less is probably a a bit of a disappointment. What I would say is, since Kelty, we have between... Kelsey, in fact, sorry, between the Dundee game and the end of the Dundee game and half-time at Paisley, we played sort of two and a half good games of football. Yeah, uh, we're still yet to get going in a second half, bizarrely. Um, mm. We really struggle, struggle with a second half, and that's been the case all season. Every games we've won. Uh, the Aberdeen game where uh, Pataudry last time we had a decent second half where we actually scored and won the game. The Dundee United game where we won, uh, that was a rank rotten second half and Xander pulled us out of the bag in that one. So we really do struggle in the second half. Yeah, Xander had a full, that was the day when Xander had an absolute full day out. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm just trying, I'm trying to look at a lot of positives here and just ignore the massively overwhelming negatives or poten- potential negatives if we lose. Um, yeah, I thought, I think there's a little bit to come from the bet. He had a bit of a scruffy, scruffy debut at Pace when he came out. It wasn't an easy game to come into. And don't forget with the lad, he's, he's not played for a bit. He's come from a different league. It is going to take him a little bit of time. I think I started doing really well. I think giving him a good hour to, to get into the game, because I did think he was coming onto it in the end. He's a big, he's a big lump of a boy. He's a big, big um a man mountain, really, but you can tell he's you know really um he looks in really great shape. He'll be an absolute nightmare. I hope that doesn't just mean it's gonna be long ball after long ball, is what I would say, even though we are fond of a long ball. And I hope a couple of lads, I noticed it <laughs> again as soon as we as soon as we conceded last week at Paisley lads sort of went in on themselves a little bit went into themselves and the bad sort of habits came out Liam Gordon he's a he's a better player he's a better player than just lumping it long he's I think he's been typecast a little bit and whether he started to believe it I don't know I always thought it was a bit weird last season or a little bit a little bit of a um, sort of false notion that this idea that oh Jason could play football but couldn't defend yeah. And Liam could defend but couldn't play football. Neither of those statements were true. Jason could definitely defend and Liam could definitely play football. I don't want this to sound a bit negative. And it might people might entirely not agree, but in my opinion, I think Liam Gordon has not had a good season, but he's got away with it because McCart's been worse. I think there's that. And I think as is natural, I'm exactly the same. You go easier on your own. So I mean Liam Gordon, I mean, he's just, he's such a great lad as well. 
and he's, you know, massive Saints fan. And I think also, I, it's not just that he's one of our own. Also, the fact that he has got a little bit of, he has got that little bit of capital in the bank. Yeah. And he has a, got that little bit of, yeah. Sorry, mate. He's a bloody nice guy as well, by all accounts. Oh, he's a sweetheart. But it's also, you know what he can do? And I mean, also, not just the fact that McCart's been worse, and he certainly has been, but I think enough, I think people realise that you're not going to, your captain's place is pretty much guaranteed, first name on the team sheet. So it's probably a waste of energy. Yeah. But if he wasn't capped, it, it's not, it wouldn't be a case of, like dropping him because you get back in the side in no time, but you just wonder whether a couple of game, a couple of games out, do a bit of good just to take him out of the, take the heat off him a little bit. Yeah, um, who knows? But this time next week we could be having one of two different, very different podcasts. Next week we could be lording up, hitting that celebration button, or we could be doing a triple club shop of shame because we don't want to talk about football. Yeah, that could happen. Um, <laughs> we have got. <laughs> I have talked about just doing an episode full of Club Shop of Shame just to avoid anything else. A 45 um, minute, a forty-five minute um, halftime show with just 10 minutes of chat either side. Yeah, great. I'm, I'm all in favour of it. <laughs> just a, just one for you, Sam, because I let my opinion be on there on um, on where we can finish. Do you think we can finish above 11th? No. I, I genuinely just don't see it. Or maybe, I mean, Callum Davidson, I'm not going to start slagging Callum Life Right and Center on this podcast because it's not what we do, but I mean, he's he's had a bad week. The after we, I mean, we'd all been saying change the system, but not change it an hour into the game at St Mirren, making a triple sub and eventually ending up with Glenn at left back. <laughs> Brilliant, classic cinch. <laughs> that was classic cinch. That was classic. I'm just going to throw as many attacking players on as I can, and I don't really know what I'm doing. I don't really sort of know where I'm going with it. No, but I, um, you just fill in there. There wasn't. I thought that was. I thought that wasn't. Well thought out. No, um, they looked a bit. They they did look hungry, uh, St. Mirren in the second half. But I'll, I'll alleviate on my point. Great. I'll alleviate my point slightly. Where I don't think we'll finish better in eleventh. I don't think we could, even if we start picking up wins. I think the teams above us are on are too good now. Livy and Ross County are on runs. I think we will get better, but I think they are much better than us now to get. I think we will pick up wins, but I don't think it'll be enough to overtake the likes of Ross County and Livingston. That was my thinking behind that. That, no, I think that's basically where I'm coming from. Dundee United maybe just have enough from earlier in the season to to not be a serious contender. Same with Aberdeen, actually. Um, so, yeah, so that was part one of Davidson, Callum Davidson's sort of wild week. Part two was whatever he says at half-time. Um, and part three was, again, something he said uh, today, <laughs> I read that. Yeah. He said, um, "Staying up this season would be an achievement akin to to winning the double last season." No, it wouldn't. No, 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 absolutely, no, absolutely wouldn't. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I know what he's doing. I know exactly what he's doing, and he doesn't mean it. No, he's saying it to maybe sort of just. Take the heat off the players a little bit. Yeah. Maybe take the heat off the players. Weirdly, it could work in the other way way with the players because they're like, oh, man, that was great. (laughs) And maybe maybe try and push for some more refereeing decisions. I think maybe doing that as well. It's something like Rangers and Celtic tend to do a lot. Slag off a ref and next week they get a penalty or something like that from the same ref. Yeah. 
And I just think also with a fan, maybe it's trying to readdress fans' um, fans' expectations and maybe try to sort of realign the perspective. But it's really not worked. Judging by what I've seen from reactions, it absolutely has not worked. So big week for Callum. He needs to. He's had a couple of good weeks, but he's had a pretty bad one this week. So he's. Yeah, I think four points out of six as a minimum would be very useful for A, just to, you know, try to not go down and B, for actually just getting the manager back on side. I think so. With one win in 17, it is not good reading. Um, Glass was sacked for no wins in five. One win in 17 is, uh, tells its own story. But let's end on a positive, Dan. Why not? We will be back next week. Episode 50. Hey! Exactly. That is the positive we all love to hear. Let's thank Jeff Brown, OBE. Let's thank Andy Gannon for his goal at Wendy Who. We also have to say happy birthday. Happy 18th birthday. He can now buy us a pint before the match. Sam Porritt, happy, many happy returns to you, my good friend. Ah, uh, Sam, young Sam, I should say. Happy birthday, pal. Have a great one. and. Two pints of lager when you see us. What a guy. And thanks again for listening every week. And one final mention on our notice board this week. It's from Blair McInnes, who, as you'll know, is involved with the FCU and all the displays they do. He is also getting involved in the Scotland versus Ukraine match at Hamden on the 24th of March. I'm going. Dan, are you going? I'm going with you, Sam. Yes, you certainly are. And I'm going to get some T-shirts made up for the big occasion. It'll be lovely stuff. So basically, a group of like-minded fans from all across Scotland in association with the Tartarmore Army Sunshine Appeal want to create an awe-inspiring full stadium display of flags and banners at the Scotland versus Ukraine game to help push the boys to the World Cup. So if you want to support that, you'll be able to find it on Google, no bother at all. Help them reach their target and we can make Hamden look off bonnie. So get involved with that. And we have made it, Dan. True, we made it. Um, got a bit weird at points tonight, but all, <laughs> all told, some good chuckles. Um, now, as as ever, thank you, Sam, for being not only not only Octorada's premier Kim Jong-un lookalike, but also <laughs> for being the second best podcaster on this Zoom call. Well done to you, boy. <laughs> oh, bless you. Oh, wait, what? Never mind. See you next week, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye! Do you have time to sing a goodbye song before you go? Always been. Hey, this was really fun. We hope you liked it too. Seems like we've just begun when suddenly we're through. Goodbye, goodbye, good friends, goodbye. Cause now it's time to go. But hey, I say, well, that's okay, cause we'll see you very soon, I know, very soon I know. Goodbye, goodbye, good friends, goodbye, goodbye. and tomorrow just like today, the moon, the bear, and the bee.